Hi, and welcome to another episode of FTU Life After the Military. I'm your host, Tony Rodriguez, and it's the weekend right before Valentine's Day. So everybody who's out there, I just want to wish you all a happy Valentine's Day, and I hope you have an enjoyable time with uh, your wife, your husband, girlfriend, boyfriend, whomever you want to spend Valentine's Day with. Um, okay, so on this episode, you know, there are a couple of things I want to talk about. Um, first, I want to talk about my uh, VA update, right? So uh, I was given my rating a few months ago in June. And the one thing that came back that um, the VA, um, I guess, rejected or declined me on was um, I claimed sinusitis, right? Um, and I said that it was a result of the burn pits in, uh, when I was in Iraq, uh, the three times and the VA came back and, uh, said, forget it, pound sand, dude, we're not going to give this to you. Right. So, um, I totally understand that. Right. And that's within their rights. Uh, the reason why I bring this up is because, um, for those of you who are still in the military or who have just not filed your claim, um, you know, you have three avenues when the VA comes back and they give you their uh, rating. Uh, you can appeal it, right? Um, you, and that's what I did. I decided to appeal it. And uh, I'm a caveman, right? I'm a knuckle dragger. So I went and downloaded the form and, you know, filled it out and I was going to mail it in. And then I realized, hey, well, you know, there's this thing called technology, right? <laughs> you know, I'm not Fred Flintstone. I don't live in uh, the time of the dinosaurs, right? I'm, so uh, I went on their uh, website and it's actually easy because it shows my claims that I have in there and each one that comes up um, with their decision. Um, it says I can appeal it or just do nothing. Right. So I clicked on the little link to appeal it and it just asked me a few questions and gave me three options. And I decided to bypass the first one because I'm not going to give you extra um evidence, uh, just the fact that I was in Iraq three times and I lived next to burn pits should be enough. So I went to the higher authority. And if that doesn't work, then I'm going to go above that. Right. And each time I appeal it, um, it's, it took me like five minutes out of my day to fill out the paperwork or, or online, right. And submit the appeal. So um, the VA is not going to tell you this because regardless of what anybody wants to say about how well the VA has improved and how much uh, how much better it is than it used to be back in the 80s or the 70s. It's still a government agency, right? And the government is going to do the least amount of work possible uh, to get the job done. So it's your health and it's your claim. And if you decide to give up, that's the best case scenario for the government because then they don't have to worry about you ever again, right? Well, for me, I did 22 years in the military. And like I said, the military likes to claim like, hey, we made you the person you are. Well, that means uh, you turned me into somebody who has PTSD, anxiety, and a drinking problem, right? But the military never wants to take credit for that. So I, as adult, will take credit for that. I will assume the responsibility. But again, for all the good things, that's all me, Holmes, not on you. And I bring this up not to be arrogant, but I just want to say that um, you have to be proactive. It's It was your career in the military, right? Whenever something went wrong, it was all your fault. 
whenever something went well, it was a group effort. It was a team effort. Yeah, look what we, we trained you that way. We and somebody else wanted to take the credit for your success, right? Well, now that you're out and you're dealing with the VA, um, they just want to make sure that you quit. Regardless of the propaganda that they're putting out there, that, hey, we want to take care of our veterans. No, no, we don't. <laughs> the government does not want to take our veterans. They wish that we would all just go away, never come back, because uh, then that's less work for them. And I totally understand that, um, because I'm that way too. I want to do the least amount of work possible. But what is it going to hurt me to um, go onto their website and file an appeal? Again, it takes me five about took me about five minutes or what is it going to hurt me to call them up? Cause I have an 800 number, right? Um, usually the wait is about 10 minutes. That's okay. I'm not exerting any uh, physical uh, exertion, right? I'm not doing anything. I'm not running around in circles. You know, I'm not, I don't have to hold a 50 pound weight over my head as I'm waiting on the phone, right? I'm literally just sitting in my chair waiting for somebody to pick up the phone on the other side. So I guess it just comes down down to your patience, right? And I have very little, but I have enough patience that I'm going to get this done. So just know that when you get out and you file your claims, you're going to have people or the VA is not going to agree with everything, but you, there are avenues for you to appeal and to take it to a higher level. And you don't always have to get upset and lose your mind and, you know, start yelling at people. You can just go through the process and see where that takes you. Um, it, it, it is time consuming. Okay. But what else do I have? I have plenty of time now. All right. I'm not worried about waking up and doing a road march. I'm not working about, uh, worried about like getting ready for an airborne operation or doing medical training. I'm not worried about not having people calling me and saying, Hey, first sergeant, you know, uh, I'm in jail. Can you come pick me up? I'm not worried about any of that nonsense anymore. Right. And so that leads me into uh, the next thing I wanted to talk about. So yesterday uh, there was a gentleman who uh, finished his time, uh, an acquaintance. I wanted to go. He finished his time in the old company that I was in. I was the first sergeant in. And uh, he, when I found out he was going to be the company commander, that, that was part of the reason why I decided to retire. Not because uh, I like him, I respect him, and I know he's a good – this is one of the few people in the military that I, I can admit that this guy's a leader. Um, but we just view things differently. And I wanted to uh, leave the military on a high note, right? And instead of staying, overstaying my welcome and being a first sergeant and, and causing a conflict with him, I decided, you know, I'm just going to retire because my body was breaking down. It, all the signs led me to just get out. It was the perfect time, Right. Him coming in was not, there was nothing wrong with that. It's just my personality probably wasn't going to be the best with his. That's not to say that he's a bad person or he isn't a good leader because he's a very good leader and he's what that organization needed. And so I'm, I'm very proud to say that I was able to go to his change of command because he finished his time and now he's moving on. And the next organization that takes him um, is, is very lucky. Uh, so good luck to you. Um, but while I was there, I was talking to a couple of people and they were senior NCOs, right? Uh, sergeant majors and some first sergeants. And this one in particular was talking about how um, he has this injury and 
you know, he's still out there rucking. It causes him a lot of pain, but he's still out there rucking and, and doing airborne operations because, you know, he's a sergeant major. So, yes, to set the example. And I was just listening. I didn't have any comments. But then he said that he's going to have surgery so he can get better and then rehab. And then so he can go back in and ruck some more and trying to figure out and teach his own, right? You serve as long as you want and you do whatever you want to do. It's your life. Nobody should question it. But for me, I was wondering to what end? Um, Because there's no E9. I mean, there's no E10, right? There's no E11. You're not going to be promoted to Sergeant Major of of the Galaxy, Sergeant Major of the Universe, right? Once you hit Sergeant Major, that's it. Now, if you want to be a Command Sergeant Major, then more power to you. If you want to be, you know, a Command Sergeant Major of a higher level of a brigade or division or corps, okay, sure. But it's not like there, you know, there's no E10. So uh, for me, I just didn't understand it. Um, only because I know that I'm, my health is a priority now. Right. And, uh, getting a good night's sleep is very difficult because of the pain in my shoulders. So if you're in the military still, I just say, just consider what you're doing because once you're done, um, there's nobody's going to be there, um, to hold your hand, to take care of you, to, um, make sure that your health is as good as it can be because you're done, right? You're, you're no longer needed. So you're no longer priority. So you're going to go get in that long line at the VA to, um, get some assistance. And it's a very long line. Uh, I was joking because the, um, VA facility out here, uh, they have disabled parking, right? Well, there's five rows and each row has like 50 to 75 slots. So it, it, it goes down for about a quarter mile. It's like, are you insane? So even you tell me if this parking lot was filled, you'd have some disabled veterans that have to walk a quarter mile. It's like, that's the dumbest thing I've ever seen in my life, right? And that's just the stupidity that you have to deal with with the VA once you get out. And so if, if you're in, just understand that you're, you know, if you've been in 20 years, 18, 20 years, just know that at some point it's going to end. And so you need to start worrying about your health, your long-term health, because the army is not going to do that. And showing these young guys that, yeah, man, look at that, man. I could still ruck, you know, in two and a half hours. Awesome. I don't know what that really means um, because I, I used to talk to you people in the unit when I was in, right, they were talk talk about how, yeah, man, I ran my two miles at, in 12 minutes. Like, that's awesome. I have a little buddy. His name is 556. If you want, I'll have a – you guys can set up a race. As a matter of fact, I'll give you a 100-meter uh, head start, and then I'm going to take my M4, and I'm going to shoot it right at you, and we'll see if you can outrun that 556. Nobody ever took me up on that, and of course not, right, because that would be stupid. Um, but that's – that's my whole point. It's like, I understand that you want to show people that you can do the best, that you're still physically fit. You're still the top 1%, right? Um, but you have to take care of yourself because your career is coming to an end. And, you know, at this ceremony, I was joking around because I was telling, I was telling them, well, you know, I'm disabled. Do you have a chair that uh, can accommodate me? Because I can only sit for so many minutes and then I need to stand then I can only stand for so long and then I need to sit. 
Then I asked, it's like, well, do you have a rolling chair? Can you just push me around? Um, because my knee and my hips hurt and it's very difficult to walk. Can you just push me around? And I was being a smart ass. Yes. Um, but some of that was true. Like I can only sit for so long. Um, after a few minutes, I need to stand. And then I can only stand for so long. And then I need to sit down. Um, the perfect job or position would be as if I could find a job where they had like some sort of bed or cot, right? So I could just lie down and I had a computer mounted so I could lie down on my back and just type like that. But I guess that doesn't exist right now. We'll, we'll see. We'll see if I could convince my boss to implement something like that. Right. But you just need to take care of your health um, because it comes to an end for everyone. And when that time comes, the military is not going to be there. And the VA says they're, they will be there for you. And the truth of the matter is, the pro- probably isn't. Now, I've heard different things, right? Um, my brother-in-law, he lives um, like further away from military installation. So the VA facility that he goes to, he's able to get in a lot sooner because there aren't as many veterans there. Um, Drew lives out in the middle of nowhere, right? And so he can get in a lot faster because there's fewer veterans there, right? I still live here in Fayetteville. And so there's, what, a trillion veterans that are here? And there's two VA facilities, and I can't get an appointment. I have to go see someone out in the economy, a regular doc, right? And even with that, I had to wait like three months for my initial visit, so... Just know that once you get out, you're on your own, buddy. You're on your own. All right. So that leads me into this other thing, right? Because I was talking about this 1%, right? Sergeant majors or people want to show that they're part of the 1%, right? So I know I've mentioned a few things on here, right? That, you know, I started a PhD program, still taking dance lessons, guitar lessons. I want to run for political office in 2024. And, you know, um, my wife and I were talking now, we're thinking about opening up a little Caesars uh, pizza place, right? Um, because the initial investment isn't as much as trying to start up a Burger King or a McDonald's or a Subway. And yeah, you know, the pizza might not be the best, but I don't, I don't know anybody who doesn't like pizza. I mean, even the crappiest pizza is pretty good. Um, so we were talking about that. And uh you know, uh, last week's episode, I was talking about how, like, when you go to work, like, you don't have to be friends with anybody anymore, right? And uh, I was talking to my daughter because I was on the phone because I was wanted to uh, see if she wanted to get in on this uh, pizza place uh, because, uh, you know, once she graduates, um, then she could run them, right? Because we don't want to just buy one. We want to buy one, see how that works, and then ultimately end up with about 10. But I don't want to spend the rest of my life running uh, Little Caesars pizzas, uh, pizza parlors, right? And so we get my daughter involved and she can run them. And then, uh, you know, she could keep the majority of the profits. I, I just, I don't, I don't really need the profits. I just want to start it because why not? And my coworker overheard me talking, right? Because um, I had my headphones on, my AirPods and she overheard me talking and she was asking about that. And I just said, yeah, you know, we're going to do that. And that led into other people talking about it and they're like, 
but you seem to be taking on a lot and, you know, you, are you sure you can do this? And it's like, ah, you know, this might not be the best time. And so what I realized is that uh, there are a lot of people who are out there and they talk a lot, right? They talk about having these great ideas and these dreams, but they never follow through. They never develop a plan. They never do anything about it. They just talk about it. And, you know, I'm a 75 percenter. I'm a 75 percenter. And I know that. And what does that get you? It gets you quite a bit because I might be a 75 percenter, but I'm going to go out there and I'm not just going to try it. I'm going to accomplish my goals, right? Most people don't want to, they don't want to put in the work to accomplish their goals and they sure as hell don't want to try. Um, so 75% gets you pretty far. But I also noticed that a lot of people out there, they don't, not only do they not want to, they do not want to try. They don't want to try. They don't want to put in the effort to succeed. They want to make sure that you don't try because if you don't try, then they feel better about themselves. Right. So there are a lot of naysayers like, well, you can't say that. Like you can't. Um, there, I had a disagreement with my PhD professor. Right. And um, it was like this uh, Zoom phone call for everybody in the cohort. And I don't really say anything. And he called me on. It's like, you don't say anything. It's like, OK, well, if you want my opinion, here it is. And I gave him my opinion. And he was surprised because he thought I was going to be like everybody else in the cohort and say, oh, man, this is the greatest experience of my life. And you're. I explained to him politely that he was just wasting my time. And I told him exactly why. And of course he got upset because he wanted everybody else to uh, kiss up to him. And he went on to explain how, you know, if you have a PhD, you're in the top 1% of the population on the planet. And I, I listened to him politely. And then I explained to him like, you know what, that's awesome. But I couldn't care less. Don't care. Don't care. I'm pursuing this PhD because I want to do it. I don't need it. I'm not 25 just starting off in my life looking for something to help me find employment. I can find employment. I don't need this PhD for that. This PhD is going to do little to nothing for me. And I explained that to him. And he went on to explain that, well, you know, with that attitude, you're not going to um, be very successful. And again, like I'm 48. That's not the first time I've heard this speech. I've heard it my entire life. Oh, you have a bad attitude. And if you don't change it, you're not going to be successful. Yeah, I'll be just fine. I'll succeed. You want to know why? Because I don't listen to people. I don't. Because for the most part, they're stupid and they're lazy. <laughs> Is that arrogant of me to think that way? Yeah, probably. But their opinions are not going to help me accomplish my goals. Right? If I listen to er what everybody told me, I never would have left East Los Angeles. I'd be there either working in a Walmart, in a gang, in jail, or dead. And that's it, right? So why would I listen to everybody else? I hear all these people talking about how they want to improve their lives. And if they, you know, they just stay the course and someday their ship will come in. It's like, you have to do something. You have to do something, right? And so, yeah, you know, I have all these ideas and a lot of times I just, I'm thinking about them and I keep them at the top of my uh, my mind so I know that they're there. Um, but I'm not stupid. I'm not going to try to do everything all at once. You know, we want to buy this start uh, a pizzeria, right? Little Caesars. But we're talking about it now because my daughter has another year in college, two years of graduate school. So maybe between now and three to four 
three to four years from now, we'll end up buying a Little Caesars, right? I said, I want to move to Waikiki, right? Have a condo. Okay. Not today, but how about a year from now? We buy that condo because maybe my daughter wants to go to graduate school out in Hawaii. Well, now she has some place to live and I have a condo there whenever I want to go out there on vacation. So, yeah, I understand that people are going to say, well, you can't do all that. Well, people say I'm a pessimist, right? And I'm very negative. I, and that, that is true. But if you really stop and listen to other people, they are incredibly negative. The majority of people out there are incredibly negative because they don't want you to try something because if you try it and succeed, then they realize that they haven't done very much with their life. And I'm not doing a whole lot. I'm not. Um, but again, I'm, I'm, I'm just trying to live my life and be as happy as I can be and accomplish some goals. You know, um, today I went for a run and I wasn't trying to set some personal record. I ran four miles at eight minutes and 30 seconds uh, each mile. Right, so that comes in at 34, second, uh, 34 minutes, right? Last mile, I ran at 8. So it was 33.30. Uh, My legs are tired. So I'm not going to try to kill myself. I wanted to go out there and just enjoy the day. And that's what I did, right? And so that leads me into the next segment, okay? Um, it's been about six months now since I've been out of the military. Officially, it's only been about four months, right? Well... I'm not going to lie. Uh, so just so everyone knows, my PhD, I had to come up with like a, a possible topic for my dissertation, right? And so my post topic is um, the factors that lead veterans to extremist organizations. And my hypothesis uh, so far are one, it's a lack of identity, lack of employment opportunities, PTSD and substance abuse. Those are my three hypotheses right now. Right. And my, well, my fourth can be a combination of all, all the initial three. So for me, it's not that I have a lack of identity, but I'll, I'll be honest. It, it feels like something is missing. I, I don't know what it is. Um, Uh, it, it almost feels like I miss the insanity, the chaos of the military, just the stupidity, the redundancy, the emergency reaction to everything. Um, it it's almost seems like I miss the chaos, right? Um, just the peaceful days that I have uh, seem to stress me out a little bit. It, they seem to um, have, make my anxiety go up and, I don't know if anyone out there, else out there is feeling this, but it, it just, it's like, it's almost like I miss the craziness. I, I don't, um, but it's almost, I guess it'd be the equivalent to like a drinking addiction, right? Kind of get addicted to the craziness and just that hyper feeling that you have all the time when you're in the military, it, it's gone and just trying to adjust to just not having that all the time is, is a little stressful, I guess. Um, 
So, you know, for me, what am I doing? I'm just trying to stay busy as much as I can. And, you know, I've heard a few people say, well, it's because, you know, you went, you didn't take time off. You went to work right away. And that's what it was. It's like, no, that isn't it at all. If I know who I am and if I took more than, if I stayed home over a month, I would have gone, I would have lost my mind. And I probably would have started drinking again uh, because it's just too much time to do nothing. And there's only so much golf or guitar lessons or dance lessons I can do. I, those are things I do to take my mind off of everything, not to, uh, you know, that's not what I'm going to do the rest of my life. So if you're out there and you feel like that too, um, just, I, I don't know, just reach out to somebody to get some assistance or, you know, just find something that you like to do. Talk to somebody about it. Just know that you're you're not alone. That we all have something when we transition out, and it's it's not easy. It's a it's a process, right? It, it's great. It's great being out of the army. And it's great not having to uh, follow these crazy rules or any of that nonsense ever again. Um, so. I wanted to promote something this week, right? When I was in a Charlie 97th, my second stint, right? I showed up, um, what was it, like on a Monday? And then I think it was like a Thursday. We drove out to some crazy uh, validation exercise like NTC, but it was out in uh, Indiana, right? It's something that civil affairs put on themselves and it, it was absurd. It was nonsense. It was, why not say it was just garbage, right? Like, it, like if you've been in the military long enough, you realize, Hey man, like I understand what, what's going down. You want to validate us to make sure that we're good to deploy. And the truth is as long as you don't lose your mind and as long as nobody dies, you don't lose anyone. You don't lose any equipment and no one dies. You know, you might be the worst soldier on the planet, but who are they going to replace you with? There, there's nobody to replace you with, right? So, so come on, like stop with your nonsense, right? And unfortunately, when I was in my 19th year, I knew that already. It's like, and also the the other thing was, if you replace me, I couldn't care less. Bye, dude, replace me. I don't want to go anywhere. Um, but the company commander that I had, um, he, I love this guy because he was honest, he was authentic, he was sincere. What you saw is what you got, right? And he wasn't a two-face. Uh, he wasn't a backstabber. He was just—he was just him, uh, Matthew Finney, Major Finney. This guy is great. And so he started a podcast, and it's called the Sea Star Media Podcast uh, with Matthew Finney. And so if you have an opportunity, it's on Apple Podcasts. Go on there and give it a listen. Um, it's also on YouTube. Um, you know, he's trying some new things and like I said, he, he's authentic. So if he's, if he's putting something out there, it's not too, uh, he's not trying to sell you snake oil, right? He's just putting a product out there so you guys can listen. Maybe you guys can benefit from it. Um, so again, that's C star media podcast with Matthew Finney and I respect his opinion. I like that. He was just straightforward right and i saw sometimes he was emotional then he would you know explain himself and apologize for that because we make mistakes right he didn't expect everybody to be perfect all the time that's what i hated about some commanders it was like like guy we're, we're people we're gonna make mistakes we can't be 
perfect every second of our lives. And he didn't expect us to. He just expected us to do the best we could. And if we made a mistake, then, you know, come up with a plan to not make that mistake again. Improve on yourself. So go ahead and give him a, uh, give that podcast a listen. Um, again, for shout outs, you know, I just want to shout out my daughter, Ashley, again, uh, because, again, she's going to be my director of communications for my uh, political run. And I'm hoping she'll be my general manager of all my Little Caesars pizzerias. I don't know. I think she she's going to buy uh, pass on that one, but we'll see. She's my hero. She's killing it. Uh, she brought home a four four point uh, GPA in the last semester. I'm pretty sure she's going to bring bring another one. She was on the president's list. It's not even the dean's list at University of Alabama. It's a president's list. So I'm very proud of her. Um, she takes school a lot more serious than I do. Because um, again, I'm constructively lazy, right? I I know I can pass. I'm not going to give you a hundred percent because. My 75% is good enough. Uh, so again, if you're out there and you're listening, thank you very much. Hey, uh, to the one listener I have in France, thank you very much. I appreciate it. Uh, my Romanian listener, thank you very much. You guys are awesome. I don't know who's out there in Europe listening, but I appreciate it greatly. Um, if you know anybody overseas, uh, if you know anybody in Mozambique, um, can you have them give it a download? Um, why Mozambique? It, I guess the question should be, why not Mozambique, right? And uh, so, again, thank you very much for listening. I hope you have a wonderful Valentine's Day. Again, you're special. You have something to offer. Identify what makes you unique and maximize that to its fullest potential, and you'll be successful. Um, If you're looking for jobs out there, um, you're going to get some Some people are going to turn you down. Don't worry about it. All you need is for one to say yes. All right. So until next time, zot, 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 and roll tide.